Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Nigga. Yeah. It's alright. Already the show goes on all night. Till uh. the morning we dream so long. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever wonder when they will see the thunder? Just remember when you come to the show. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, previewing this week's The American Express in uh, Southern California. So we're back on the mainland, and I hope everybody had a good week in Hawaii, week two of Hawaii. Kevin Na with a W. Uh, you can check out the podcast on Twitter at Always Press DFS. Give a rate and review on iTunes. We'd much appreciate it. I am on Twitter at BD Intric and my co-host, as always, on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, just another week of golf in the books. Uh, some guys in the Slack chat had some pretty good weeks, so that was good. Kevin, another uh, winning week with the first round leader. It's a uh, good things are good. <laughs> that they are. It's been a it's been a pretty decent start to the golf season, I think. Yeah, the the worst part about it, I think last week is I'm I love Kevin Na and I didn't have any Kevin Na, so that was fun. That was really yeah, fun. Uh, you know Kevin all weeks are not usually good weeks for me. Um, I did get six of six through the cut in the the one lineup I played, but. Uh, you know, it, it didn't have Kevin Naw, didn't have Chris Kirk. Chris Kirk's another good story, man. Uh, you know, a guy mm -hmm. battled some demons and had to. I think he had to get in at least a four-way tie for third in order to, to earn his tour card, and he finishes in a tie for second. So that's pretty awesome. Joaquin Neiman continued to play well. Leishman was up there. Webb. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it was overall a week, uh, and uh, we continue on. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of those weeks. I said it last week that it reminded me of RSM. It's either you play Webb or you fade him at your own detriment. And all week, it kind of like slow go. You, you thought if you faded him, you're doing good. At the end of the week, he finishes like top five, and it's like, yeah, you probably had to have Webb in the. You didn't have to, but you, you might have needed to have Webb in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that I really stood out to me is it was like twenty five percent six to six. Um, I had a yeah. couple of six to sixes, not even cash. Um, it was uh, Abraham answer. I think was like the biggest chalk that didn't hit. So most of the big dogs got through, which made you had to have Kevin Knox. Yeah. I, I had, I had sink in my core and it really wasn't even a great week. So it tells you everything. Yes. Yeah, Stewie didn't play very well over the weekend. Uh, but I saw two where there was like 92% of, uh, the one and dones, uh, made the cut in the, in the, in Mayo's in the Mayo oh, wow. cup or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It was a a bit of a weird week given I mean there was a lot of lot of guys made the cut. I think 70 72 73 73 guys made the cut overall. Um just a, a just a strange week from that perspective because we've been used to, you know, 6 to 6, especially with this top 65 and tie being pretty low, but uh we are at a full field this week, so it should be pretty interesting. Yes, we're at a full field. Last week was 144 golfers. This week we're back to 156. So there's another um, quick math, 12 guys that are going to have to fight to make the cut. So that'll definitely make things interesting. Like you, you mentioned, Jesse, makes a lot of sense. And let's just get at it. Uh, we don't have much more else to say, I think, about Sony. The American Express used to be a pro-am, not a pro-am, thanks COVID. So instead of three golf courses, we have two golf courses. They got rid of La Quinta, which is 59 watch perennially. We got rid of that one. Still have two uh, pretty easy courses I'll talk about in a minute. But you got any past event history you'd like to pass along? Yeah, yeah. So typically, like you said, it's a, a three course rotation. It's also the cut after three rounds, typically, because it's yep. usually a, a pro am. Um, and and this year, you know, of course, we're going just two rounds, then a normal cut of sixty five and ties. Uh, last year, Andrew Landry uh, shot twenty six under, one two shot, one by two shots over Abraham Answer. Uh, 
2019 was the Adam Log uh, birdie. I think I think he made birdie on the last to uh, to beat Phil Mickelson and Adam had when he shot 26 under as well. He was one shot over those guys. Uh, John Rahm in a playoff in 2018, 22 under uh, over Andrew Landry. Hudson Swafford was the 2017 winner, 20 under, one shot over Hadwin. Duffner, uh, previous winner, Patrick Reed has won this event before back in 2014. And that's pretty much all that really matters. Pat yeah, Perez won it back in 2009, shot 33 under. I don't know where in the hell they played that in 2009. But. I was about to say, it's like the last five or six years probably all we probably need because they changed the course rotations around that time yeah. to where we are now. So like, yeah, Pat Perez probably played La Quinta, another course like La Quinta. <laughs> he probably rolled in with like a 20 under going into well, Saturday. There was, there was two, like 2010 and 20, 2009, they're 30 under at least won it. I mean, that's just absolutely that's insane. Cool. And then, right. before, <laughs> I mean, going back, you know, way back in the early 2000s, 30 under, 30 under, 30, 36 under is the, I guess, tournament record. Joe Durant back in 2001. I mean, that's just, that's, that's just really low. Yeah. Yeah. That can you imagine the DraftKings scorings those weeks? Like if you had a six to six, you're like nine hundred points. <laughs> yeah. It'd be nuts, man. Yeah, it'd be pretty crazy. But uh you mentioned it. It's only two courses, so La Quinta's gone. That's the the friendly one to everybody. That's the one that even Phil Mickelson, I think like a sixty last year or something, sixty one. So um shows you just what it is. We have the stadium course at PGA West die design, pretty good course, and you have the Nicholas tournament course at PGA West is all this whole place at PGA West. But um, the Nicholas course, each, each each group will play the stadium and the Nicholas Thursday, Friday. The Nicholas course is the easier of the two. Then if you make it to the weekend, you're at the stadium the whole time. So if shot link data, you have the app will work on three of the four days, basically, for your golfers, if you make it the whole way, which will be nice. Both courses are 7,200 yards. Um, both are like 71. Well, stadium is about 7,150. Nicholas is about 7,180. So pretty similar in size. The biggest difference, and they're both Bermuda greens with a little bit of poa and ryegrass in the greens, but Bermuda for the most part. The biggest difference between the two, like I said, Pete died for stadium course. And we've talked about it many times on this show. Other people talked about it as well. Pete Dye, if you've played it enough, there's a reason there's Pete Dye specialists. You can poke your way around a Pete Dye golf course. But if you're pretty new to it or they change a few little things, it's a very big IF is what I'll call it. It'll it'll mess with your – it's an optical illusion at times. You think you can't hit it somewhere, but you can because it's not as far away as it looks, so on and so forth. The stadium course also has a lot more water than the Nicholas course, and the stadium course has a lot more fair, uh, fairway bunkers and whatnot to navigate around given the Pete Dye design. So both courses, you're going to want to hit the fairways. They're actually more critical than they've been in the last few weeks. It's still not super penal to be in the rough, but it's not going to be nearly as easy as it was in Hawaii. So you want to be in the fairway. Um, it can be less than driver courses, especially the Pete Dye design because you want to lay up a lot for certain things. So you're going to want to hit it about 270 to 280, give or take. So that'll take the big bombers out of it. That's why when Jesse mentioned past winners, not all of them are bombers. Bombers can do well, but it's not all bombers here that that play this course. And then you got to take advantage of the par fives. Par five scoring is huge on these golf courses. So that's something to talk about. And when I get to the fan share stuff, um, they have a new tool that I think I used correctly that I'll, I'll kind of highlight some guys that have done well on these two courses, taking out the La Quinta part of it. But uh, Jesse, what kind of stats are you looking at this week? Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a weird course history type of week, right? Because obviously, typically three courses. Um, this year we're knocking it down to two. I'm still waiting it. Uh, Stokes gained tee to green. I mean, the, the other problem, of course, you know, too, is a lot of these guys maybe have played one week in the last month or so. So it's 
it, it's a it's a tough week from that perspective. Um, so really looking at just kind of how guys are playing most recently, and you know, obviously we talk about that pretty much when we go over these guys. But uh, I mean, it's I still think that waiting uh, birdie or better. You know, I, I still think that 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 we're going to get to the high teens, if not the low twenties. I mean, it's not going to be, um, it's not going to make it like to where we're in the low teens or or high, you know, single digits. It's just not going to happen, I don't think, because these are still resort courses. So, still resort courses. Still, like these greens are such, they're not like super easy, but they're not they're not super fast. Two putts, pretty easy. Like there's very few three putts on these greens. So, like you said. These guys are going to be able to pitch and put. If they're in the fairway, they're going to have easy approaches in. The birdie should still be here, especially get the one day on the Nicholas course, take advantage. Like if you're playing showdown, stack the Nicholas course, leave the stadium alone, so on and so forth. Um, when you're looking at fanshiresports.com, use promo code ALWAYSPRESS for 20% off the package of your choice. Uh, just a couple things. Uh, last 10 events on – I didn't bent – or no, that's not what I want. I, I, I clicked on button. I wanted Bermuda in this field. So last 10 events on Bermuda greens – um, Scotty Scheffler leads the way in drafting score and followed by answer. Rom is out of the event. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Kepka, Molinari, Cantley, and Alex Norin checking the boxes on the Bermuda greens putting, um, part 72, 7,000 to 7,200 yards over the last 10 events. Guys checking the box here. Scotty Scheffler yet again, Sam Burns, Andrew Landry shocker. Cause he's done so well at this event. Like, uh, Jesse mentioned, uh, Cantley Norin again, checks the box here. Then the last one, uh, Fanshare's got some new features out there. One of them is um, course data that's there, but you can do aggregate by events. And instead of just events, you can do select golf courses, like specifically certain golf courses. So I did the stadium course, I did the PGA West. Um, they only had the Palmer in there, but I was told it has the whole cha-cha for Nicholas Palmer, the whole what they've used there at this event. So we've got that over the, the entire field here. And um, like Andrew Landry checks the box, Kaplan. Adam Hadwell, we'll get into him for sure. It's a shame Rom's not here, but then like Cantley, Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler, Sung Jay, and then Adam Long. So really what this tells me is what's the reason why I wanted to bring it up. Jesse mentioned like past event history. It wasn't just La Quinta that won it for these guys. So let's put it that way. If you're starting to look at like past it, when we Jesse was talking about course history and everything, um, it, La Quinta helps, obviously. But looking at the fan share scoring, if you take La Quinta out of it, it's still the guys that are finishing high in the events are playing very well at the other two courses. So we only get one round too at, at yeah. Quinta, so you know. And if you didn't take advantage there, you probably didn't make it to the weekend anyways. Right. Um, all right, let's get into the DK scoring. We have the 10K and above range again, 156 in the field, T65 in ties. So keep an eye on the tilt on Friday. But you have Cantley at 11-1, Brooks at 10-8, Finau at 10-5, and Patty Reed at 10-2. Obviously. Rombo would have been up here, but Rombo is out of the event. So out of these four guys, 10K and above, Jesse, what you like him? I mean, I, the only guy that I would really consider playing up here, and I don't think I'll play anybody above 10K, but is is Cantlay. Uh, finished ninth here in 2019, coming off a 13th place finish uh, over in Hawaii at the Tournament of Champions before that played the Masters, finished 17th. So Cantlay's the only guy. I mean, I wouldn't talk anybody out of playing anybody up here. You know, Brooks is – He's your normal GPP play. Does he show up? Who knows? Finau, another you know GPP play. I think Reed is maybe the safer. I don't know. His course history is weird. It's miscut twelve fifty six, but you know he hasn't missed a cut on tour since the Rocket Mortgage Classic back in July. I don't think he's going to miss a cut this week. He's had some really good finishes of late too. So if you played 
Patrick Reed, you know, I, I would not talk you out of it at all. But for me, really, it's just can't lay and kind of move on here. And, and again, like I'm, I don't think I'm going to touch even anybody above 10K this week. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. When I'm going through my picture, it was Cantley and Reed if I come up here. And I am Cantley's, I think, a really good GPP play because I don't think a lot of people will pay up to get Cantley. You know, 13th, 17th, and 1st, his last three events on tour, finished ninth there two years ago. Usually plays these California courses very, very well. But I don't know if I want to pay 11-1 for that. Uh, when I start doing my builds later, I like Reed quite a bit. I usually like Reed. I like him at events where he, uh, courses he does well at, coming in a good form. Same time as he worked 10-2. I don't know because it's a very loaded field. When we get to the nine and the eight K range, it's pretty nice. Um, you know, Finau, he's always fun and all, but does he have the win equity? I don't know. And yet, you mentioned Brooks, so it's a range where I feel like I can get just as much upside or potential DK scoring in the nine K range instead of the ten K range and do just fine. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at right now. So let's talk about that nine K range. Sung JM at ninety nine hundred bucks let some people down. Obviously, with a fifty six place finish. I'm going to get right back on that horse. Uh, Matty Wolf at 97, Scheffler at 95, Fowler 93, Na 92. It's like Palmer last week with the price bump. Na gets the price bump this week. You got Answer at 91 and Russell Henley at 9,000. So what do you like in the 9K range since we're not in the 10K range? Obviously, Sung Jay, uh, 10th here last year, 12th in 2019. Um, You know, didn't have a great finish really just a great weekend uh you know everybody was there's a lot of guys going shooting 66 65 on the weekend uh in in honolulu and and he just you know shot four under five under or, or i guess two under three under excuse me um so i mean not great but whatever go back to sung jay don't really care what he did last week he'll he'll be back this weekend i don't see i mean knock on wood how he misses the cut scheffler i think scheffler will be popular third place finish here last last week at 9500 um you know, two straight top twenties. If you know, if you want to call the tournament champions a top twenty, I mean, technically it was, even though there's only thirty five guys in the field or whatever. But he's fine. Uh, I, you know, for for the for the price and the ownership, I don't know that I really use him. Um, Russell Henley though at nine thousand. Now, GPP only, obviously, miscut, miscut, miscut in his, in his last three appearances. He did make one one cut back in two thousand sixteen, which was forty ninth. Um, and he's, but he's come off a really solid 11th place finish at Sony. I'm, I'm kind of surprised by this price. And, and so I really anticipate his ownership being low. I mean, it should be because really, you know, you're just kind of bumping him up for last week. I, I, I'm not 100% sure because the course history isn't there. And then, you know, if you want to play answer and all, I wouldn't be against it at all whatsoever. Answer obviously had a really good finish here last year, finished second. Um, and then, of course, Nall is the, well, last week's champion. So. And, and, he's, and he makes cuts here. He's made four straight cuts. So. Right. I mean, he's yeah. got a good course history. So. Course history for sure. But uh, I'm back on Sunday with you. Like, you know, take you said 10th and 12th. He had a bad week last week. I'm cool with that. Like, I'll go right back to the uh, the guy that doesn't ever stop playing golf and just had a hiccup for the weekend. That, that's called golf, folks. Um, I'll take Sunday at 90. Like, Sunday, if he has a half decent week last week, he's in the 10K range. It's that simple. Like, you're getting a discount here. And I wonder if people will be like, nah, I'm going to save money and go to these other guys. So, Sungjae at 99 really, really uh, gets my attention. Scheffler, good play, will be popular, like you said. So if somehow on Wednesday night the ownership is low on Scheffler, I'll pivot a little to Scheffler. But right now I'd have most of my eggs in the M basket. Um, I think Antra's a very good GPP play. He's made three straight cuts here, second place last year. Coming off that miscut last week where he's tilted everybody, I think that's a very low ownership angle to go with Antra this week. And you, 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 hit, you, you hit Henley on the head. I love Henley. Because people will look at the course history, and we love course history. Like that's a, 
This is where he kind of had to, you know, separate a few things. Three straight ma- missed cuts, like you said. 11th last week, he missed the cut. Uh, I believe that the ma- – no, he didn't get to play the Masters. The week before the Masters. then But 30th, 29th, 4th prior to that, he finished the fall in, in great form. It's a different Henley than the guy that made that missed three cuts. He made some adjustments last year. I think after COVID, he pretty much played great from then on out. So I think 9,000 for a guy, great ball striker, great approach game. When you don't have to you know, match up with the Bombers, you can just use his iron play. I think Henley at 9K is, is a great play. I, I like him. I actually have him written down to talk about later on in some things. So I, I like him quite a bit in this spot. I hope he comes in at low ownership because I think the guy below him in the 8K will get much more ownership to kind of take away from Henley. So the one guy we didn't mention, and I just want to get your quick thoughts on him. I think from a GPP angle, he's very, very intriguing, but definitely not in cash. But Matthew Wolf at 97, I think he's going to go really low owned in this range. Does he appeal to you at all? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't talk anybody out of playing Matt Wolf um, or Ricky Fowler for that for that matter. I mean, Wolf obviously, course history, 61st last year. That's the only time he's ever played here, coming off a miscut at the Masters. But he, he he's good enough to, to really play well anywhere. The same thing could be said about Ricky, obviously, too. Did you know that? Ricky and Kevin Allen now have the most the same amount of wins. Yeah, I heard that a few places. Did you know that uh, Kevin Allen's won in four straight years, and there's only like three golfers that have better streaks than him? Yeah, it's amazing. Crazy. Kevin Allen's run is really insane. I don't think we gave enough credit well, at the beginning of this show. I think it, um, I'm gonna. I feel really, really bad. I can't remember where I saw it from, and I, I'll retweet it later. Um, but I saw somewhere that he's got the four W's. I got it right um, here. Okay, go for it then. It's like all or nothing. Oh, no, no, I didn't see that then. So, like, um, since 2018, since January 2018, DJ has eight wins, Bryson has six, JT has six, Kepka has five, Rory has five, Nah has four, and Rom has four. Yeah, that's uh, that's some pretty good company. Um, <laughs> right here, Lynn, Lynn Hawkberg from uh, Rotowire. Kevin Nah has four wins in his last 55 starts. Um, but he's not on the leaderboard as often as you'd expect from a, such a frequent winner. He has only five other top tens in that span. So you got five top tens, four wins. That's nine starts. That's 46 other starts where he's pretty much <laughs> doing his yeah. thing, withdrawing right. or missing cuts. It's right. like, it, 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 it's like, that's not quite so wild. I think he's, he's really, really good and then he disappears. Like most guys that are as good as he is when he's contending, at least put like top 20s together. Like you're always kind of hanging around, like Tony Fino hanging around. But Fino can't finish. Knock and finish. It's really weird. That's golf. Yeah, it's weird. I agree. No, it's a hundred percent. Like it's just it's all mental game. Uh, you know, from that aspect. And when Kevin's playing well, he has a very good mental game. Yeah, and when he's not, it's the mental. Like, he is the mental midget when things aren't going well. It's right. it's it's impressive with Kevin not, but that's why I love him when he gets going. If I love him like Patrick Reed, those guys that mentally they're as strong as most when they're contending. So it's one, uh, one more thing on on. On that, we had a little bit of a discussion uh, in, a, in a group chat that I'm in. But would you put? Would you consider Kevin Nall for the Ryder Cup? If you got the right guy to pair with him, it'd have to be a team suiting. I think he'd be great for the Ryder Cup. I really do. Yeah. Um, I think he might be better for a European uh, course than these bombing out, whistling straights type courses. But uh, you get him one of these like shorter courses like Paris and Rome coming up here and stuff, I think he could be real because – yeah, I think I think it could be very interesting if he had the right pairing, a guy to kind of keep him grounded. I think he should be in consideration. No, definitely. It, it's going to be interesting. I know we're taking a detour here, but this is the fun part about podcasts. Um, I've heard some people talk about it. You know, there's only really going to be 
one uh, captain's pickup for grabs. And it's like, okay, do you go Phil or Tiger? And Phil's probably out, which he should be. Uh, people think Tiger will say no. So then it gets really interesting. It's like Kisner is a kind of one of those grinders that on certain courses could be good. Kevin Na fits that mold. Like there's a lot of guys that don't stand out to you at first blush as like, oh, they got to be on the team. But it's like, would you rather have one of those guys over Ricky Fowler right now? Oh, 100%. I, think, I, think I would. I mean, well, Ricky Fowler is what everybody wants. That's what's crazy. Well, we got, you know, eight months until we're there or whatever. So it's a long way to go. A lot of golf to play. Maybe Ricky starts playing really good golf. But, you know, at this point, I, I don't know that Ricky's, in my opinion, should be in the discussion. But, you know, I'd rather have a Kevin Kisner over pretty much anybody just because yep. Kevin Kisner does not give a fuck. Yep. And that's what you need. Like, when things are bad, like yeah. that hole's over. I like, guess the, the beauty of match play. That hole's gone. That's done. Like, let's move on. <laughs> I'm with you. And that, that's why I love him, but that's a whole other discussion. So, well, like you said, we have eight months to keep talking about that, and I'm pretty sure we will talk about it in in long length at times because yeah. um, they need to kick some ass this year. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it, it's got to happen. So uh, let's get to the 8K range here. We have Cam Champ at $89, $100, Mickelson at 88 Casey 87 Lonto 86 You know, I love it. You know, we love to play him in the 6K range, but he's getting respect. It's a few weeks in a row at the 8K range. Yeah. Uh, Adam Long at 85 Kazire 84 Burns 83 Kim eighty two, Harmon eighty one, Hadwin eight thousand, more eight thousand. I'll let you give your picks in a minute, but that Harmon Hadwin more range is going to tilt people's faces off. <laughs> but what do you like in this eight K range? It's funny because I've got almost all those guys checked off. I mean, start up with uh, Paul Casey. His course history is okay. Two straight, you know, cuts made here. Two thousand twenty, he finished twenty first. Two thousand seventeen, he finished fifty eighth. Three made cuts in a row. He did miss the cut to Shriners back in October. I don't know. Paul Casey, it, it's it I like to see him play before I really start to to play him a bunch. Um Sam Burns, eighty three hundred, two straight made cuts, sixth here last year and eighteenth the year before, coming off a of seventh place at the Houston Open. Siwoo at eighty at eighty two hundred. He withdrew here last year, finished fortieth year before and ninth in two thousand seventeen or two thousand sixteen, excuse me. Um two straight made cuts, uh Sony Open, the Masters. Uh you know, he just if, if he gets it going, I, I think he, you know, can be successful here. Brian Harmon at eighty one hundred uh made four of five cuts, twenty first miscut, twentieth, third, eleventh. Um has played every year here since two thousand sixteen. So twenty twenty first last year, uh coming off a made cut at the at the Sony Open, fifty sixth, whatever. Adam Hadwin, like I, I don't know what to do about him, right? So his course history, you can't really. I can't. Do you remember why he didn't play here last year? Was it a kid or something? Is I he, think wife he was, having his a kid? Wife, I think his wife was having a kid. Yeah, pretty sure. Because 2019, second, third before that, second before that, and sixth in 2016. So I got like kind of curious, and I was like, you know, how was he playing coming into those tournaments? Because coming into this one, it's not good. Miscut, miscut, miscut. Three, three straight miscuts on the tour. That's the Mayakoba RSM, the Masters. Uh, you know, not, nothing really great last year at all. He finished fourth at the Rocket Rock Classic back in two thousand or back in uh, July, and since then he hasn't really finished inside the top twenty-five. Right? And if you go back and look at like his finishes before this tournament in previous years, he was actually playing pretty well. Um. So I really don't know what to do about him because typically, you know, that's that's a guy, you, you know, with those finishes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an automatic click, especially for like a cash game lineup. 
Uh, but I think it's a little bit more sketch this year. So you're going to have your, obviously your course history truthers. You're going to be on him no matter what. I just, I'll be interested to see what the projected ownership is on him. I don't know hundred percent that I'll be on him. Ryan Moore at 8,000 right below him. Interesting pivot, especially if, you know, uh, you think Hadwin's going to be high or whatever. Played here last year, finished sixth. Um, coming off a miscut of the Wyndham. You know, it, Ryan Moore's up and down, but it, it, when his ball striking's on, you know, he can he can hit the ball with, with anybody on tour. So, yeah, I really like this this lower 8K range a lot. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just what, what do you do with Hadwin? I don't know. I mean, I'm interested to hear your take on it. No, that's that's why I had them all three. I had Hadwin, Harmon, and Moore all written down because I thought we had to discuss this, and I figured we would bring it up. But if for some reason it wasn't. This is like the the crux here. Um, you know, you got Harmon. He's I think he's the safest of the three. If that's you know we say it over and over, it's not good to say safe when it comes to golf. But I think he'll make the cut. But Willie Contain like he had a third and seventeen, but it's twenty first missed cut, twentieth, eleventh, uh, fifty six last year. I like Harmon on courses where he can use his iron play and have to bomb things out. So this fits him very well. I, I think he's out of the three. I'd feel most confident him making a cut out of the three. So now he'd probably be the one that misses the cut. <laughs> but um, it's like I think the other two might have higher win equity DK scoring. So that makes things interesting. Hadwin is a conundrum. Like you said, he's usually playing better golf when he comes here. These courses fit him well. We see him when he goes to the RSM. We see him when he goes to the Heritage. These shorter courses, these Pete Dye courses. I went and pulled up fan share because um, you could separate by just Pete Dye courses. And um, he checks the box there as well. Like there's these guys that just play really well at certain courses and certain course designs. And there's a reason for it. So he's a GPP only, like you said, I think he's a good one to have as a pivot in a cascade, not a part of your core, but make sure you have like, if you're doing a 20 max, have a couple of him in there just in case like Kevin nodded last week, the way Hadwin plays at these courses, you wouldn't be shocked. So and when I gave all the fan share info earlier, Hadwin was on the board everywhere for this event. Like, it just makes sense. I'm terrified, though. I would not go heavy on him because he is coming in in funky, funky form. Uh, Ryan Moore is a guy that has not played in a long time. So that concerns me a little bit. But again, similar to Harmon, plays these shorter courses very well. And that's why I, like at 8K, in a normal year where I saw him playing regularly, I just clicked the box. Like, here we go. But now, you know, great here last year. Hasn't played in a while. We actually have guys come in that have played recently that we've seen them play well or bad or whatever. He hasn't even played most of the false swing. Like he's, he's been injured and out. Like it's tough to tell what Ryan Moore is going to come. So I'm probably going to pass on him, which is crazy because an 8K Ryan Moore in this field seems like a must play to me, but it's just where I'm differentiating these three. It's like, I'll take Harmon. I'll take Hadron and GPPs. I'm probably going to pass on more, which sucks. But the rest of the AK range, I like Casey for GPPs. I don't trust him. Like, usually I wouldn't cash at this point. Um, the fact he hasn't played in a while, like you said, Jesse, I'll pass on him in cash, but in GPPs, I like him a lot at 8,700 uh, to make some noise. Um, Burns, I like him as well as 83. Of course, History Truthers will see this and probably play a lot of Burns, so keep that in mind. Siwoo is the Pete Dye killer, so that's something to keep in mind. The withdrawal last year killed a lot of people. So uh, he could be a nice lower ownership play because people just don't like to play Siwoo. He's been playing pretty good golf, so I, I don't hate it. The guy I love in this range is Patton Kazire. Two missed cuts in a row at this tournament, but then 42nd, 50th, 42nd. We're talking a guy that's playing well. Seventh last week, 32nd, 10th, 11th, his last three events in the fall swing. Playing really good golf. Those are all birdie fest kind of events, just like this, shorter course. I think Kazire at 84 is a play that stands out to me a lot in the 8K range that is going to get overlooked with the KCs and Longs and Hadwins in this area. So give me some Patton Kazire. All right. 
7,500 to 79. You got ZJ, EVR, Grio, CH3, Cam Davis, Kerry Woodland down here at 77. Chris Kirk, you mentioned earlier, 76. Norn, 76. Wise, Dahman, Glover, and Redmond's down at 75. Can't wait for that chalk attack. Um, what do you like in this range? Start with, uh, you know, CH3. It's it's West Coast time. It's time for just to plug and play CH3. He played, he, he played pretty well last week. He finished 20th. He shot 64 on Sunday. I'm sorry, 19th. He shot 64 on Sunday, though. Um, five straight made cuts. I like Charles Howell quite a bit. I think he's borderline cash, too. I mean, his his course history, he did miss the cut here last year, but before that, 34th, 20th, 12th, 11th. The guy's solid. We know how good he is on the West Coast. Uh, Cameron Davis, surprisingly, two straight made cuts here, 29th and 28th. I was not really expecting that out of Cameron Davis. Made the cut last week, 31st. Uh, Chris Kirk, um, course history is not great. Miscut, miscut, but he had finished 21st in 2017. Come off that second place finish last week. He's got that tour card lo- locked up now and can kind of ease his mind a little bit and, and, I don't know, maybe take it easy and just miss a cut because I play him. I mean, that's probably what'll happen, but I like him, um, especially come off that second place finish last week. Doc Redmond, like you said, probably going to be chalky. I don't know how much I really like him. He did finish 29th here last year. Come off a missed cut at the uh, RSM. Hasn't played basically since then. Well, he hasn't played since then, and that was back in – that's almost two months ago. It'll be two months by the time this, this deal gets started. So, yeah, I mean – you know, for me, really, it's just Kirk, Davis, and Howell in this range. Um, it, have you heard anything about Gary Woodland? No, and that's what terrifies me. It's like he took the time off because obviously the injury, but now he's back because he's back this soon. Like, I, I he's a guy I got to see. Like, if you're making a ton of lineups, if you want to have one or two, sure. Because if he's healthy, seventy-seven hundred dollars is stupid. Yeah, I mean, like it's dumb. But I'm concerned still. It's a hip's a hip's a scary thing for golf. I'm with you. And, you know, he was 70, he was in the 7,000s all last year. And it's, you know, miscut, miscut, 72nd, miscut, 33rd, miscut. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not, he wasn't paying off his price tag then. If he's healthy, most definitely. I think, I guess it'd be good to know if we can get any information on that. Yeah. There are beat reporters at the events now. So if we could get a little nudge somewhere, that would be nice. Cause if he's healthy at all, I would definitely put a couple flyers on him in a heartbeat. So I put, if you're betting on him, I'd bet on him this week at his price tag. But, um, I think he's good for this one. Uh, I like CH3 a lot. You mentioned him. He had a great week last week. He's made four straight cuts, missed cut here last year, but then cut machine West coast. It's just lock and load CH3 time at 78. I love Cam Davis at 77. Had a lot of him last week. Probably will again this week. Uh, Grio at 78. He was in my core last week. Kind of stumbled over the weekend. Came out really hot. Still finished 47th. Uh, hasn't played here since 17 where he missed a cut, but playing really good golf in the fall. It's always putting with Grio. But uh, ball striking, great. If you need a good approach game like you do at the stadium course, it fits him well. So I like him at 78 as well. Comes in low-owned usually, so that's always nice. Uh, a couple others. Redmond, sure, if you want some. But uh, the pivots off of that. Dominant 75. Bad course history here, but playing good golf into in the fall, like shorter courses. Uh, and Glover at 75, really good course history. Sketchy overall golf, but uh, two good pivots off of the chalky uh, Redmond. So that's something to think about. I go Dahman over Glover. Glover might have the higher win equity, though. So take your pick there. I think Dahman is just a – he can birdie in bunches. And so if you're looking at DK scoring, Dahman can be really big there. And then the guy in this range, similar to my Kazire play in 8K, pretty much every fan share thing I looked at, that I talked about on the show, and even the Pete Dye when he, he checks the boxes. Um, he finished 14th here last year in his first time, 
you know, miscut, 18th miscut, 17th is how he finished the season out. But Alexander Norn at 76 in a GPP, I like quite a bit. I think he has some definite potential in this for a GPP. So another guy to circle, not a cash game play, but GPP relevant at 7,600. All right, 7K to 7,400. Uh, there's a ton of guys here. So who are you looking at? Uh, Cameron Chigale at 7,400. Um, 43rd, 51st uh, in his last two uh, starts at this tournament. Two missed cuts before that and the 14th place finish back in 2016. Finished third at the RSM Classic his last time out and 29th at the at the Houston Open. He's up and down all over the place. Taylor Gooch at, at 7,400. Three straight made cuts here, 17th, 4th, 67th, uh, but is coming off two straight missed cuts, including last week. Um, you know, he did shoot three under, missed it by one shot, so wasn't that far off. I like him, especially potentially at some lower own ownership with coming off that missed cut. He wasn't very high owned last week, 5%, so it didn't burn a lot of people. But uh, Charlie Hoffman at 7,400. He's a GPP only play. 61st year last year, three missed cuts in a row before that, but played well last week, 14th. Uh, Brendan Steele at 7,300. I'm surprised he didn't get more of a price bump. I mean, I, I don't understand this price on Brendan Steele, right? So last week he's 7,100. He finishes fourth. Shoots 61 on on Saturday, which was very Same. impressive. Um, didn't have a good Sunday. Shot yeah, one hundred on Sunday. Got yeah. for it basically, <laughs> and finished his fourth. He was the he was the leader or whatever going into to Sunday. Uh, but his course history here is forty third, fifty seventh, twenty sixth, fifty or thirty fourth. So hasn't missed a cut in five straight years here. Um, so interesting that he is this low priced at seventy three hundred. Fully expect him to be uh, pretty chalky, but I don't mind it at seventy three hundred. Post JT Poston at seventy three hundred. Uh, miscut last week, two two miscuts in a row before that. Course history is pretty decent though. Thirty seventh, seventh miscut, thirty fourth. Think you can get him as low ownership. Ches Reeve seventy two hundred. As you can tell, like a lot of guys in this range, uh, miscut last year, but before that, four straight miss made cuts, including uh, you know two top or three top thirties there. Uh, you know, and, and coming off a made cut at the at the Sony Open, nothing great, and then. Peter Malnati. Um, I mentioned him last week, didn't I? Do you remember? I think I thought yeah, I talked did. about him. And then, did. Like I didn't, and then I didn't play him, of course, because I just played <laughs> one lineup, you know. And uh, he come out. He came. He came out of the gates hot. Uh, you know, eight under on the first round, cooled off, but but did but did play well again on Saturday. You know, at this price, um, I, I, it's, it's going to be hard for me even in a single lineup not to play him I, now. Given his his course history is not great, miscut eighteenth, miscut seventy seventh, miscut. But you know, if you like patterns, you know the pattern here would be to make the cut this week. So keep that in mind. Seventy two hundred dollars, Peter Monotti, he can get hot. And then last but not least, man, in the seven thousand range, well, I got two more. Excuse me, two past champions, Landry at seven thousand, and Swafford also at seven thousand. Uh, Landry, obviously the defending champion. At this tournament, 28th the year before that, second the year before that. Missed the cut at Sony, whatever. Uh, Swafford, um, he hasn't really played well since his win in 2017 here. 29th, 65th, missed cut, going from 18 up to last year. But 25th last week at the Sony Open, uh, did have that win back at, you know, in the Putacanta fall swing, September, whatever the hell was going on back then. So 
plenty of guys, in my opinion, here um, to play. I, I like this range quite a bit. Yeah, so do I. And so before I get into my long list as well, I want to say that we talked the core cascade a lot. I think I might tweak the cascade this week. Um, we saw it last week that I think it was four or five in the 7K range were in the optimal lineups. Uh, we've seen this event have a lot of long shots finish very well and win this event. We've also – it's a it's a better field this year, so maybe not as easy this year. But I think the 7K range, the fact that you like a bunch and I'm going to like a bunch, so a lot of GPP volatility, a lot of ways to pivot in tournaments, that my cascade might be like two or three guys in the 8 and 9K range and then three guys in the 7K range and just pivot all my 7K guys and just do that, kind of rotate those around. So I have like – maybe I'd have to do the math. I'd have to look at the sheet, but maybe I have like – 15 7k guys that i wrote like rotate around and make them all in my 20 lines or whatever and then keep my core three up top i'm gonna play with that and see how that works but i think it's some vi- volatility uh, viability this week based on uh, the guys you mentioned the guys i'm gonna like you're like sep straka at 74 jesse i think we were like eight to 12 months early on him like <laughs> he's really turning he finished fourth year last year so he made us happy here last year but 25th last week 52nd 44th 6th 21st last four events in the fall swing He's been a birdie machine, so he's been loving these birdie fests. I think Sepp at 74 is nice. Matt McNeely at 73, a guy that boomer bust, but when he's on, lots of birdies can finish well, finished 37th here last year. So uh, I, I like Mav a little bit as well. I do like Steele. Um, I, I think he comes in low-owned, actually. I think people just get annoyed of him, you know, having the lead and not finishing well. You know, he almost won the, last year, finished 43rd. I think people see that. I take a chance on Steele again at 73, like you said. Um, a low ownership play I love is Johnny Huh. He's four or five, uh, five made cuts here, 20th, 12th, 48th, his last three events on tour. I think he's a really strong play at 7,200 bucks. Uh, Russell Knox let people down last week, missing the cup, but three straight made cuts here. He's a, an iron player. If he, his, his problems are getting off the tee right now. If he can start getting off the tee a little better, and of course, where he doesn't have to use his driver like these, maybe it helps Knox out a bit, get him at low ownership. He's intriguing at 72. Scott Piercy at 71. Um, let people down also last week with the missed cut, but four straight made cuts here, 61st, 57th, 6th, and 41st. Guy that loves playing in California. So I like Piercy a little bit at 71. I think Landry's a great play. Like you said, I'm, I'm kind of surprised he's that cheap. I know he's not a, you know perennially or weekly a great golfer, but he loves his course. Like you think course history, defending champion, get a little love, not so much. Um, I have Swafford down as well. And then the other two I have down here, Nick Taylor at 7,000. Is an interesting GPP play. Miscut, 40th, 20th, 34th miscut. But he's 11th and 29th in the two Hawaii events. So coming in really good form. I like him a bit. And kind of the trend of guys that are mispriced if they start clicking, Francisco Molinari. Miscut, 12th and 62nd here. You know, he missed a cut and and he finished 15th in his his last two events in the fall. We knew he was trying to get healthy and changing the swing and changing clubs. Maybe this time off's helped a little bit. I think it's interesting at 7K. I wouldn't go all in at 7K, but I think it's interesting at 7K. So um, there's probably even more in this range. You, you could really make arguments like Benny Ann is $7,000. He can't putt, but he's better than a $7,000 golfer. He really is. Matt Jones at 71 coming in good. Like, there's a lot of guys here. But Molly at 7K is interesting to me. 6K range. Who you liking, Jesse? Uh, start with Vaughn Taylor at 6,800. Um, two straight made cuts here. Uh, three of his last four, he's made the cut. Coming off a 25th place finish last week. Hubbard at 6,700, made two of three cuts um, at this tournament and coming off a 32nd place finish last week. 
and then KH Lee, 6,500. 21st last year here. Missed the cut the year before that. 19th last week. So those are some guys like, I I don't know that I'll be in this 6K range, but those would be the guys that I would be kind of checking out more than anything else. Um, So, yeah, Yeah, I don't don't plan on being down here a ton, but if you are, uh, a couple of guys, Doug Gim, uh, coming off the miscut last week. I go back to him at 6,800. Von Taylor, I love. Short course. I talked about him last week. Finished 25th last week. So you can definitely jump on that. Uh, Birdie Fest events. Give me Mark Hubbard at 67. Finished 43rd here last year, 32nd last week. So he's a guy. And then, you know, Stewart's always interesting. Bhatia, the young kid that finished kind of okay in the fall. He's uh, from Southern California, I believe, actually. So he could be interesting. But here he's always interesting if you're looking for a GPP play. Um, there's a, there's a lot of guys. If, if you're going stars and scrubs, which you shouldn't be, Sean O'Hare has great course history here. He's 6,400 bucks, and no one will own him at all. Um, Sam Ryder's got great course history coming in bad form. He's 6,200 bucks. And then one guy is actually playing well or decent coming into this, and has good court history. He made two or two cuts here, 55th last year. Made three straight cuts down the fall. Ryan Brim, 6,100 bucks. Problem with Ryan Brim, probably not going to finish higher than like 45th. How does that help you in DK? Probably doesn't. But if it frees up other guys to pay up top, knock yourself out. But uh, I'm going to try not to be down here like you, but there's a couple options if you need to do it. All right, recapping things. 10K and a bargaining. Uh, just can't lay. Yeah, I'll say Patty Reed. I'll go Patty Reed. But can't wish he needs to be the, the long shot favorite for sure. Uh, 9K range, who's your number one? Sunjay. Sunjay's a great call. So since you took Sunjay, I'll take Russell Henley. I think that's interesting at 9K. 8K range, who's your number one? I'm going to say Siwoo. I like that. I like that call. I'll go Kazire at 84. Uh, 7,500 to 79. Give me two. Uh, Howell and Davis. I like Howell a lot. Uh, I'll go Grio and Norin. But there's, again, uh, 7,000 to 7,400. Since we named off so many, go your top three. <laughs> uh, Charlie Hoffman. Uh, where the hell is Charlie Hoffman? Uh, Brendan Steele and uh, Molnati. Mine will be Straka, Johnny Huh, and um, the last but not least, I'll probably go Brendan Steele as well. But the third one's tough for me. That's it, like for sure, it's Straka and it's Huh. But that third one's a little trickier for me. Uh, if you had to play one guy in the six K range, who are you playing? Uh, I, mean, I guess Vaughn Taylor. I like yeah. Hubbard too. I like yeah. I like what you said about Hubbard too. But I'll, I'll probably go Hubbard because my idea is if you're playing a guy in the six K range, it's a GPP to begin with, so you want that birdie upside. Yeah, Mark Hubbard, like like Taylor. Almost if you had to play a cash game six K, I'd play Vaughn Taylor. Like because I think he might not light the board on fire, but he should make the cut. Uh, Hubbard, he could could blow up, but this guy can par five score. He birdies in bunches, so he's very interesting to me. Um, cash game plays. Give me three guys to start a cash game lineup with. Steel M and Howell. I have CH3, Sung JM, and uh, Emiliana Grio. But uh, we're pretty much on the same page there. If you're starting a GPP this week, who are the three guys you're starting out with? Um, Henley, Kirk, and Davis. Yeah, there's so many ways to go here. I put Kazire, Davis, and Straka. But I love Henley with you. I think Siwoo's interesting. Like, there's... Lots of ways to go. It's going to be fun to see ownership. They can really play the ownership game this week because yeah. they're going to be really, going to be really close in scoring and everything, unless they win the whole thing, obviously. So this is a great week to pivot on on uh, ownership 
very good week to do that. So hit us up in the Slack chat on Wednesday. We'll talk about it there. And then the fun part, like I really do, like as we've kind of hinted with our with the DK talk here, I think there's a lot of guys that have a chance to have a good week. Maybe not win it, so this might be a great top 10, top 20 week. Kevin throws some of those out there. But uh, who do you got winning this thing if you have to pick one? I mean, Brian Harmon is at 50 to 1. I don't mind that. Siwoo at 50 to 1. Uh, don't mind that necessarily. If you want somebody like longer, man, Malnati at 100 to 1. I don't hate that. Malnati's, Malnati's always got a little close piece to my heart. The boy can putt and do some good things for your DK lineup, but he has to get to the green. Um, if I got to pick like Henley at 33, that guy that stands out to me. Like he's going to break through in one of these events eventually. So that one's intriguing to me. Um, I think Siwoo at 50 has a little little legs to it as well. Uh, other than that, like you, <laughs> Gary Wooden is 66. I know he's like if he's if he's healthy, that's a hell of a number. That's a hell of a number. Yeah. Um, stuff I mentioned about all those fan share deals. Alex Norton at 80 to one. Go play top 20, Alex Norton. Just, just do that. I just have a, a weird feeling about that one. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of fun ones to play back here for sure. So don't hate that at all. Final thoughts, Jesse, as we wrap up this week's episode. I don't. I'm just glad that uh, golf is going to start before dinner time. <laughs> I am, I'm glad I'm going to get to. Uh, I, okay, it's weird with me. Like I love the primetime golf. I can sit at home and watch it. But there's part of me that likes the tilt first thing in the morning because I'm an early riser. Yeah. And then I can like get home after lunch and watch like the afternoon groups or stuff like that. I enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I, I'll take it whatever we can get. So. We'll live it up. We have the West Coast here for a few more weeks. Uh, for those that didn't, didn't pay attention, Pebble is also not going to be a pro-am, but we'll talk about that in a few weeks. I got waste management coming up. I got Tory coming up. It's going to be some fun golf. Tiger's back shortly. We'll have to talk to Tiger documentary eventually because uh, I haven't finished it yet, but the parts I've watched so far, I have some interesting interesting thoughts. I need to watch it, but you know, there was a, a certain pro golfer told me like he was stunned. Yeah, about which part? Like in a bad way or a good way? The, well, the first the first episode just how I'm much halfway through the, there was I'm halfway through the first episode I'm halfway through the first episode and I know when it came out Tigers people were pissed and I understand why <laughs> that's all I gotta say like I can totally I want to know who I I gotta, I gotta get some someone's gonna write an article maybe they have how they got this information because Camp Camp Woods never would have let this stuff out <laughs> let's yeah, put it that right. way <laughs> but we'll talk about that at a later date and time. Check out Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods, the podcast at Always Press DFS. I am at BD Intrick. This was your American Express preview. Catch you guys later. Show, no, no, no.